and welcome to Channel F, Fanbyte's video game podcast. I'm Merit Kay, and joining me is a star-studded crew of the regular cast of this show, and we are wrapping up, well, we're, we're sort of debriefing from the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which happened last week, and we're doing it to celebrate Rainforest Day. Uh, we're, we're doing it at a Rainforest Cafe, so I, I want to go around and uh, ask everyone, what are you ordering for the table? at Rainforest Cafe, uh, at your local Rainforest Cafe, whether it's in Atlantic City or the Mall of America. We know all the locations. And um, we just, I, I mean, I know everything on the menu because I'm, I'm always there all the time. Um, I call it Reiki. I'm just like always at the Reiki, you know? Um, but uh, but why don't we go around and we'll just, we'll just uh, you know, as we sort of relax and recover from E3, Let's talk about what are the great options on the Rainforest Cafe menu we're going to order today. So uh, why don't we start off with the managing editor of Fanbyte.com, Stephen Strom. Hey, everybody. I'm just reporting in here from my seat about like two chairs away from Merit. Um, I can see everybody here enjoying all of their great food, like Taste of the Islands. I got some Caribbean coconut shrimp, dynamite scallops and shrimp, blackened tilapia topped with pineapple salsa and seasonal vegetables. Which season? Nobody's quite sure. You won't know until you order. <laughs> it's it's sort of a random uh yeah, you know, it's a uh, a uh, uh, you know, bird season or mm-hmm. um a rab- rabbit season uh or duck season. Yeah, uh, if it's are... a bird season, they bring you coconuts because uh if you have two swallows with a sort of piece okay. of string tied between well, them right. carrying okay. it across <sighs> the land you can well, kind of well, get that all right um well. now uh why don't we move on to uh danielle riando fan by editor-in-chief you're someone who i know is always up in the reiki with me we're just always partying at atlantic city the reiki there they know us for regulars and you always get uh remind me what your your regular order at the, the restaurant where you love all the food is Oh, yeah, I love all the food here, especially in the elephant room. Uh, the elephant room is my favorite room here. I love right the here. elephant room. Yeah, that's really, really good. Uh, I'm here with an anaconda pasta. My anaconda don't, but it do want some uh, gluten-sensitive pasta, local garden vegetables, basil, shaved parmesan, cheese, red pepper flakes, and white wine tomato sauce. Uh, the local garden being Atlantic City, so I know that you've got some good garden veggies right there. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's move on to uh, Fanboy uh, brand, brand Editor plus Nikki Grayson. Nikki, I know, I, I know you're like a, you're a younger person. Um, mm-hmm. you, you maybe don't have as many memories uh, of the Ray K as we do from all the times that we've been. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, as sort of a newcomer, to, to the Rainforest yeah. Cafe, relatively speaking, what's your, how are you disrupting the Rainforest Cafe? Like, what's your, like, your menu option that would surprise us? Something that a lot of people don't know about the Ray K is that um, the, all of the animals that they serve in the restaurant actually live in the restaurant. It's part of oh. the theming. Okay. Um, and in the back, they've got just a bunch of pigs um, and uh, the chefs over at the at the Ray K do make a dish called the Mojo Bones, which is kind of I'm, my favorite yeah. my favorite meal, which is a half rack of St. Louis style pork spare ribs, uh, some smoking Mojo barbecue sauce, some coleslaw, and some safari fries, all for the low price of twenty seven American dollars. Um, 
So yeah, I just kind of love, I love those, I love those bones. How, who could blame you, frankly? Um, now, I, this may be uncharacteristic for me um, because, you know, I, I am a vegetarian, but uh, I, you know, I, I have a cheat day sometimes and uh, <laughs> I, I just got to go for the, um, the, uh, the beef lava nachos. Um, it's, Those are good. <laughs> now that's, uh, that's going to be. Sorry. They were so wet. I can't say beef lava nachos. Um, and I have lost the part of the menu with the beef lava nachos. On it. Okay. <laughs> so you've got peppers, onions, black beans, Monterey Jack cheese, cheddar cheese, green onion, sour cream, pico de gallo, and salsa. And you really will like the term lava next to beef. That's what I find so appetizing yeah. about it. Just like doesn't make you think of anything else. Anything else other yeah. than getting the taste of that great beef nacho in your mouth. And one thing I do love about the Ray K website is up at the top, they have like menus. They've got like, you know, parties and group events, shop, order online. And then they just have a, a heading that's titled, What's Happening? <laughs> and I feel like that's something I'm constantly asking. Like, what's happening? Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't the know if they, can, if they can help me understand. Oh, it's just at the Reiki. I thought maybe it was just going to sort of help me understand what's happening. Like when I see a Twitter announcement that says, Fans of content creators Tubbo and Ranbu, affectionately known as B-Duo, are waiting for the two to meet up. Nobody, I ask, now, what's happening? Is that one real? Now that's no, real. Or did you just make that one That one, one is real. Um, you can't Tubbo and Ranbu, affectionately known as B-Duo. You can't? Tubbo? Tubbo and Ranbu. I believe these are Minecraft content creators. If it's Minecraft? Okay. Now, what you, can't, you can't, what you can't, can't affectionately we do, do this? What? You can't affectionately call somebody anything that is more syllables than what their name already is. <laughs> mm. That's not legal. That's that doesn't make what if also it's the same that amount. That is a crime. That's a Ray K crime for sure. B duo. Um, but I'm hoping that Ray K can help me understand what's happening because I don't understand culture anymore. I just want to sit there with my beef lava nachos and just mm. vibe. And why don't we just talk about some of the games Wait, that we've been playing? Sorry, yeah. Before we live, before we leave the Ray K, did yeah. you know that the guy? Who owns the Ray K also owns the Houston Rockets. <laughs> yeah. Did you know anyway. that under what's happening, the first result is just a picture of a sort of slushy that says red, white, and cool exclamation point. Yo. Have, have you we, gone to I'm the shop go to, yet? I'm going to because... wheeze the juice at the Ray K. They really don't like it when you do that, but I am going to wheeze the juice. I'm sorry. <laughs> the They have plates. They have like commemorative plates on sale and they're all on sale you save three dollars they're 199 for the bomba plate the nile plate and the iggy plate all of whom are beloved characters i do feel like at this point we are just doing free advertising for for the ray k and like listen i love i love them i'm there all the time i definitely (laughs) haven't only been there twice at the one in ontario (laughs) california um which i went to once in the early 90s and once in the early 2010s um mm. but, well uh, you gotta find some way to pay them back for allowing us to record in the that's Ray-K true itself. we are we right. are in the Ray K. we've got we've got you can hear the distinctive sounds of the Ray K in the background um in the and, elephant uh, room yeah in the elephant room we're just gonna have a nice little chat just relax after e3 and just talk about some of the games we've been playing in a segment that i like to call because the name of it is staff picks
Well, here we are in staff picks in the elephant room. Whoa, we've gone through the Stargate. We've gone through the Stargate <laughs> in staff picks. Uh, the, there's no staff picks in the champagne room, so we did have to move to the elephant room. Um, kind of a, a great, another topical reference for everyone. Um, and uh, we got so many games. So many, so many games, y'all. We've just been playing all of them, all your favorite titles, all your favorite Rainforest Cafe branded tie-in games for the Xbox console. Yeah. Um, with Iggy. Yeah, Iggy's like Wrecking Balls. Yep. Actually, a, a Rainforest Cafe tie-in. Not many people know that. Um, now, Danielle. Yeah. You posted a picture in our work Slack today of <laughs> what appeared to be a man in a Sonic the Hedgehog like fursuit. Yes. Climbing into a pool to swim. Yes. yes. And this is in Sega's Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 game that is not a Sonic and Mario at the Olympics game title. That's correct? correct. That's correct. Sonic is an outfit that you put on yourself and then you do athletic activities at the highest level of human achievement in the Olympics in Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, the official game. I feel like you should get an asterisk. If you like get a record while wearing the Sonic suit, you should get an asterisk, but like it's good. Like honestly, it's like, yeah. It's not like you were doing steroids. It's like, you know, I am a proponent of this for weed and other performance dehancing drugs where like yes. I think if you break a sports record while on while smoking reefer, um there should be a little weed leaf next to your name and be like, "Can you believe this guy did this while just fucking stoned out of his mind?" Right? Like that's incredible. Can you believe someone did a uh, like a triple flip in a high dive in a sonic outfit what an athlete no honestly incredible it's not sonic it is someone wearing a sonic suit yes but it's you know it looks so much like sonic and there's no way to breathe at all that i think it breaks immersion less that we know that we know (laughs) that we know if it's anatomically correct the (laughs) the picture looks like like the the texture of it didn't look like it was just Sonic. It just looked like a Sonic suit. Yeah, now, I, I choose but, to believe that you become Sonic when you. Put I, this see, I see. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do want some clarification because I am legitimately and unironically in love with this video game series. Oh, I London twenty twelve. Yeah. London twenty twelve by the same Sega team uh, is legitimately one of my top 10 favorite games of all time. What? Um, I've never heard anyone is, talk about this series until I it, ha- it's heard because that Sonic was in it's, it. It's, it's a bad mini game collection. Yes. Okay. Just a truly atrocious miniature game collection that like, I think the reason I like it so much is that it is so unbefitting of like the treatment that the game is given is so unbefitting of the license of the fucking Olympics mm-hmm. that it like that cognitive dissonance there is really funny to me. Um, so when you get characters that are named like Mark Nut and they are an archer from Britain, like that's funny. Like that's just objectively funny because there's no licensed characters. The game just generates wait, names what? for everybody. Wait, 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 d- wait, yeah. wait, wait. Oh wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, yeah. hold, hold on a second. Hold on. Let's back <laughs> out here because what you're describing is an Olympic sports game that doesn't feature yes. the likenesses of any of the nations. That is correct. That is correct. Olympic that is, ex- that yes. is ex- absolutely the- correct. Yeah. Who is this fucking for? Oh, it's for perverts. Me. Yeah. Yeah, like me and Danielle. <laughs> So they just made up people like that baseball game, yeah. the NES. Yes. yes, yes. 
it randomizes names what? and uh, spits them into each of the events. And my understanding is I didn't play 2016. Mm-hmm. I, I've only played 2012 and I literally just bought 2020 right now. Um, as we were on this call, my understanding is that they've added more miniature games because there are more sports now than there were then. So like soccer is in there now, right, Danielle? What is soccer? Yes. Soccer and basketball are both in there. And basketball are here. And sport climbing, which I don't know if that was in the earlier Sport climbing. No, because they just added sport climbing, which I watched the qualifiers of while I was eating barbecue at a restaurant on Saturday. Fuck Yeah. (laughs) Um, what are the, what are the, what are those mini, mini games like? Otherwise that's, it's just Mario Party, folks. Yeah. Like there's no board, but like you're yeah. just playing Mario Party style mini games where you're doing QTEs sure. to swim good. Yeah. But how, yeah. how do the, ba- how do the more active sports work, Danielle? Like yeah. what are the controls like for basketball and soccer? So I'm going to disappoint you a lot right here because I didn't play basketball or soccer. I can't believe it. But I did. Betrayal. Let me tell you. all these new features, including I'm sorry. Sonic the Hedgehog. And what did you do? I did. You just played sport climbing no, or whatever. I did. Listen, I am a fucking narcissist. We all know this. And I did the sports that I do in real life. So I did swimming uh. and judo. Okay. A lot of swimming and judo. And I will give them credit. I actually think the swimming is fairly intuitive. Like you're mm-hmm. you're actually like moving the sticks the way you do in freestyle swimming, like right arm, left mm. arm, right arm, left arm, which is actually not bad. TBH, I'm just gonna say. Now, Sonic isn't very good at it though, because they don't even give him a bathing suit. Like it's just Sonic. Do you know how much drag there is on just that amount wet of fur? Quills. Yeah, it's wet. He's got yeah. quill he's wearing his fucking shoes in the water. That that is mm-hmm. that is not great. You're not gonna you're not gonna be Michael Phelps with a Sonic outfit on. I'm just I'm just saying. I just this Sonic looks really bad to me. Like not, it, it's it, amazing. Like the yeah. arms are too thi- like it looks like yeah. he has human arms. Like that's yeah. why it looks like yeah. a man in a Sonic suit. It's like there's a guy in there. the texture looks like yeah. velour or something. Oh, and it's, it's, it it's looks incredible. like there's maybe air holes in Sonic's in the 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 black Sonic's eyes. And then the right. arms, which is which is where the human breathes. Yeah, <laughs> Sonic. Listen, traditionally it's really doesn't Sonic. have these jacked arms. This is like a jacked Sonic. And well, I but hate the shoes it. are just as big, though. The shoes are I just have... as big. They're just as big. Can I tell you about judo? This is yeah, my please favorite. Please tell me about judo. This is my favorite yeah. uh, thing in the world because it's basically like a tiny fighting game, right? Like. And it actually, again, there's like some fidelity to the real sport, I will say, like, because judo is 100% about timing and like moving your body at the, in the exact right circumstances for what you're trying to do at the exact right second. And so it's all about like timing that and balancing that. But in the judo event, it has to be like your team of four and there's another team of four. So I had to watch, like, not watch, but I had to play as like somebody who wasn't Sonic, which is not interesting. Right. So I had to, I yeah. learned the well, like judo game. Who cares? It's yeah. like two meters, who you know, it's two stamina meters. Judo? And like, I, and then I walk out as Sonic and he does his little animation. He bows, you know, he acts like a judoka, but like, he's not wearing a fucking gi. And judo is all about wearing well, why would and he? like doing gi grips. Like you have to do that. You have to grab the lapel. You have to grab the sleeve. Right. There's no judo without grips. So they're just grabbing Sonic's body and well, like holding onto his fur. Which I don't think is right. I, I feel like well, that's not very Olympic of them. Isn't the suit the gi? Well, that's the thing. It's if not we're a assuming, gi. If we're assuming, but it's if we're really assuming Sonic. there's a man, 
if but I think we have to assume that there's a man inside of the Sonic costume because of the arms. I think the according to the IOC, the man inside of the Sonic costume gets a handful of extra rules Mm. and uh, exemptions. One of which is Sonic's gi is the Sonic suit. I see. I see. I mean, it's not very good. I'm going to be real with you. (laughs) It's not Um, very good. It's not a good gi. It's not a good gi. And yes, like, okay, it is framed as like, what outfits do you want to wear? And you unlock outfits and all that kind of shit. And of course, <laughs> who would ever play as, there's like pirates and princesses and shit, but who gives a shit? Because, fuck? wait, what the fuck? Oh yeah, you can it, be yeah, in the Olympics as a pirate wait, and an astronaut. Wait, wait. I, at that point, it's like, why don't you just make the Sonic and Mario one? If you're going to do all this fantasy bullshit, just like, I, I wait, have there been Olympic games with like the likenesses of real athletes? Yes. Or is it one of those oh, things oh, where Oh, I don't like, know about the real ones. No. Because it, is it one of those things where it's like, it would be really expensive and also like, it would be weird to like have different people win who like well they don't know who it is yet is the thing yeah like they're still qualifying right now yeah 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 yeah. and it's like there's also no a lot of these sports are not union based so you would either have to like make make individual deals with every single person or you would have to like license like an entire nation's Olympic committee, which would be also unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, difficult. no, I guess that that does make sense. That I mean, track and field games and stuff go back a long way. Like, yeah, track and field on the NES, where you're just hammering left and right to go fast, mm-hmm. or like Winter Games was a really, really old one, uh, famously bad. These games like have always been mini game collections. And, yes. uh, oh yeah, and they've always been bad. They've always been pretty bad, but that's. Uh, I have a question for Steven. Yeah. Yes. What's up, Steven? If you if we put Michael Phelps in the Hurt Locker bomb suit <laughs> and then put Michael Phelps in the pool and put you in the pool also, do you think you could beat Michael Phelps to the end of the pool? Yes, but only if Michael Phelps is actually attempting to swim because I think he's foxy and he might like try to like um, stand up in the water and realize, oh, oh actually, oh, and then run at the run. bottom. <laughs> Breath, just run along the bottom the whole way. And at that point, the 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 bomb suit from the Hurt Locker is basically Mega Man's body, and we know right. that Mega Man moves faster underwater and That's jumps true. higher. He would yeah. jump way higher. He would jump, yeah. fucking yeah. jump six feet out of the water. He, he would, would jump six yeah, feet out of the water so like a dolphin in the pool. <laughs> it only made him stronger. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of MMA athletes do that shit. They weigh themselves down and they run on the pool underwater as like what? conditioning exercise. People do. That's just because they, they're they all big Dragon Ball fans and they're all just like, I want to be like Piccolo and Goku. <laughs> oh, when I was a kid, I definitely pro- wore, I, I definitely put like a bunch of wooden blocks, like old uh-huh. childhood toy blocks that I had in an old toy box that were like, my parents kept because, oh, you might want the stuff that you had when you were a baby. Uh-huh. Um, and I put that in my uh, backpack and pretended it was a weighted turtle shell from Dragon Ball oh. and tried to make mm. myself stronger by running around outside with it. Yeah, definitely putting all that weight on your on your back too is gonna uh, build up your back muscles and not totally. kind of Pick twist it, it into like a pretzel. Oh yeah, my um, back is so much stronger now, and I've suffered no negative repercussions <laughs> for my actions as a child. God, they say TV doesn't influence kids, but uh, you know there are consequences to this stuff. You know, um, it's true. Well, Danielle, do you have anything else you want to say about Olympic Games Tokyo twenty twenty? I unironically love the judo game. Hey, do yeah. you remember when? Um, I actually, too. Danielle, I think this was actually before you came on board, but um, yeah. the last E3 we were all at, which was 2019, 
We played mm-hmm. the Mario and Sonic Olympic game. Oh, that was coming right. out. Yeah. And um, that was coming out for the Olympics, which were happening. For the Olympics, the which were happening. Year. Right. And then right. And Nikki and I tried judo, and Nikki was Amy Rose, and I was Dr. Eggman, mm-hmm. and I just fucking kicked Amy Rose in the head so hard <laughs> yeah. that she went flying out of the ring and she died. That's yeah. not allowed in judo. <laughs> it's not allowed in judo, but I won. She died. She forfeited. She's, She's dead. She died. She, she can no longer continue. <laughs> From the grave. Um, so yeah, we, we don't we talk wish... about this a lot, but everyone yeah. that um, Danielle has ever played judo against, played, competed in, whatever, uh, has died. Yeah, played judo against. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. yeah. I, I'm really bad at judo. Uh, let me be real. I'm a better wrestler and I'm not a very good wrestler, but judo is oh, amazing. Please. And I kind of love, no, I, you're a better I'm really wrestler not than anyone judo. on this podcast. I mean, by default, but that's not saying like, you know, whoa, whoa. Sorry, excuse- wow. wow. That's not saying much. You know what, Danielle? I, you know what? I would beat you in judo. You might. <laughs> I wouldn't absolutely. No, none of us. I would just but... sit still. I would sit on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I would just, I would just kind of take whatever. Um, I just don't we, think we'd that's all a high tricks. bar when people don't train the thing. That's all I'm I mean, trying to you're say. Right. You're Danielle right. saying it's a lo- like everybody who works at Fanbyte, low bar. <laughs> yep. Just real wow. pushovers. Um, wow. Just wow. push Total... me over. I'm six foot two. Listen, put on a sonic outfit. And you okay. might find some hidden power. Yeah. You know? Like that time that Worf uh, put on a special thing and he made, you know, Quark do all the moves in Deep Space Nine. It's like that. I love oh, when yeah. Quark does all the moves. <laughs> I lo- Every morning I get up and, and slam a VHS into my tape player. It's Deep Space Nine <laughs> and I follow along with Quark and do all the moves. <laughs> um, we should be so lucky. Now, <laughs> Steven, um... Speaking of Tokyo, uh, you have been playing more SMT3, Shin Megami Tensei 3, which takes place in, well, it takes place in a Tokyo that's been turned into a giant orb. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and you've I'm been also playing SMT4 Apocalypse. Is that the one that came out for the 3DS that's like a historical one? It's, there There were two that came out, well, there's a bunch of SMT games that came out for the 3DS, but there were two games called SMT4 that came out for the 3DS. Uh, one was just called Shin Megami Tensei 4, and then the other one was called Apocalypse, which is the follow-up. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's not actually historical. That's, like, spoilers for the original Shin Megami Tensei 4. That game came out, like, I don't know, Ten years, years ago, ago or something, yeah. Yeah. It's a 3DS game. It might as well have been on the Amiga. Um, <laughs> and that game, the, so, like, that game starts you off and you're, like, in a, a feudal Japan kind of fantasy world-looking place and you're a samurai and everybody's like, oh, you must go down into this dark dungeon and face the demons that live there and stuff. And it's like, okay, cool, I'll go do that. And then you play that game for, like, 10, 15 hours or something like that and then, like, you get to the bottom of this big dungeon and then, the like, you open up a door and realize that you are on a big, giant stone plate on top of Tokyo and there's just people living down there and they have uh-huh. smartphones and stuff and they're like who the fuck are you um and that's smt4 uh smt4 apocalypse is smt4 was not super beloved it was it was received yeah. fine but it was very dry well also it was like a mobile mm. or uh, you know like a 3ds game and i feel like i feel like it came out in an era right around the time when like fire emblem and stuff were coming out on the 3ds mm. and everyone was like going crazy for those games and 
SMT, like, it's just, like, a hard RPG without any of, like, the social stuff of, like, Persona, right? Right, yeah. It it follows the same Shin Megami Tensei arc of, like, Shin Megami Tensei 3, where you have, like, some friends, and they all suck and hate you and eventually turn into weird monsters that you have to kill to get the good ending. Mm. Um, instead of, like, we banded together and fought God. Yeah. Um, like, Persona. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, but Shimagami Tensei 4 was not super well-received, so they put out, like, a pseudo-sequel called Apocalypse, where it starts, like, halfway through the events of that uh, previous game, and then just takes, like, a hard story turn in, like, an alternate timeline, like, or almost retelling, where everybody in, like, this dilapidated, like, busted-up uh, Tokyo underneath the big uh, rock dome is, like... They all love your main character from Shin Megami Tensei 4. They're all like, oh, it's Flynn. He's going to come and save us all. He's the he's the great chosen one warrior. He rules. Uh, we love him. And then, like, a bunch of Irish gods show up and are like, actually, we're going to kidnap him and turn him into a weird god slayer uh, monster. And we've summoned the world serpent to come and keep you all oh, in place. Fuck. And uh, ah, peace. Not again. Fuck, I hate when that happens. Yep. <laughs> And so you play as, like, some just random schmo from below the plate um, who is, like, trying to save the Chosen One main character from the first game from, like, a, a, like this coalition of... Because these games are all about, like, it's Lucifer versus God, and usually mm-hmm. there's two f- major factions, and they kind of break down between angels versus demons. Um, oh, and in Apocalypse, yeah. Yeah, it's like in that yeah. book. <laughs> it's like Angels and Demons, Sam <laughs> Rounds, famous... Movie. Incredible, incredible book, movie. Yes, yeah, it's incredible movie book. It was a transmedia property that everyone uh-huh. enjoyed. Um, and so, but then, like in this one, um, a bunch of like Celtic and Norse and Egyptian and all those like uh, polytheistic gods kind of band together and make like a, a coalition of them and saying like, no, 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 we're not going to let like God and uh, the devil just kind of like run this show. We're going to step in and take over ourselves. We're going to win. Um, so you are basically working against them throughout this game. Um, and it's funny cause it's like you start, it does start to incorporate some of the elements of persona and stuff by like trying to introduce more human characters into your, like almost mm-hmm. a, not a party exactly. Cause you're still summoning demons, like a traditional mm-hmm. uh, Shin Megami Tensei, but you have like these basically assist characters like in Marvel versus Capcom or something. Okay. Uh, and that will show up. And all of those characters are like random side quest NPCs that barely even had like character portraits in Shin Megami Tensei four oh, that are, cool. yeah. And here they're like fleshed out into like, here's what happened to me after you like collected three, um, you know, beads off the ground for, <laughs> for that character. <laughs> That's cool. That's like it's a good idea. It's cool. Yeah. It's weird and cool, and it's like there's like this one lady who's like a photographer who in the first game who or in the previous you know Shimogami says like four being the first game here, uh, who you like oh she wants you to go and collect all these photographs or or find these locations where she can take photographs of things and that's all her character is and then in this one she's like oh yeah after that I ended up like one of the places I ended up photographing was like this fairy fountain and I ended up fusing with like the queen of the fairies and now I think I'm kind of in charge of all the fairies and I'm like oops, oops. super yeah. powerful and cool. <laughs> 
Um, there's a guy who, like, at the end of, uh, or his quest line in four, he's just this guy who sucks, uh, named Navar, who's just, like, constantly, he's, like, this rich asshole who hates you and everybody hates, and at the end of his quest line, it is heavily implied that he, like, took his own life, and he joins you as a ghost in this game, and it, the truth kind of comes out in this one that, like, how he died is he basically, like, tripped over his own, like, pants, uh, into a lake and drowned. (laughs) Ah. Hey, when that happens, <laughs> and he becomes this little ghost that will cast buffs on you and stuff. Yeah. Hey, how do he die though? It is in this. It is incredibly heavily implied that he saw a lady in a pond uh, or okay. a lake um, uh, taking a bath and was jerking it, and then uh, tripped over his pants I that had see. fallen over, and then uh, drowned in the lake. I wow. He, quen- he quenched happens. his ultimate thirst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but he obeyed his thirst, truly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, that's been super cool so far. It's uh, kind of a really neat look back on that stuff, because it is like them taking so many of the criticisms of Shin Megami Tensei 4 to heart and putting them together into this game and, like, <laughs> juxtaposing it against playing a lot of Shin Megami Tensei 3. Like, this game is so much more player-friendly um, in terms of, like, how it lets you recover your party and build up your squad of demons and pick their moves and mm-hmm. level up your character. Whereas Shimagami Tensei three is just like this fucking weird nightmare world. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's kind of why I haven't really started it yet. Um, I did the intro and I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, also because I fell into another game um, cool. before starting SMT three, which you were playing last week, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm basically always playing a little bit, but I talked about it last week. Griftlands, baby. I finished all three campaigns. Hell yeah. Um, and now I have to uninstall it from my Nintendo Switch because otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> because I was staying up until like three in the morning. Ah, uh, did it, uh, did it, it slay the spire you? It slay the spired me. I got slay the, Damn. I got spire slayed again. Um, but Griftlands, I think is actually a much more interesting game because the setting is way more important and like right there is like a mode that's just like basically go through a bunch of encounters like that get harder and harder and build up your deck but like the main mode of that game is like a campaign where you're Mm -hmm. like finding out about these characters stories and um i finally finished the third guy's campaign smith and it's like by far the best in the game Mm. so like if people like you know if you're if you like grifflands okay but like you're not totally sure i would say like burn through the first two because you only need to finish the first day on the first character to unlock the second and then the first day on the second character to unlock smith um like all the campaigns are cool but like that game gets so fucking weird in like a really fun way steven have you finished it or no i've not finished the smith campaign okay you and, you and i had talked a tiny bit about like how it was really tough to for you to wrap your head around the mechanics of rook and it's been tough for me to wrap my head around smith's mechanics specifically right combat so like yeah, the thing about that game is, like, it matches, like, the mechanical escalation of complexity with, like, narrative complexity in that, like, the first campaign is just um, this character who's, like, I'm a bounty hunter and I want to get revenge on this person who, like, sold me into indentured servitude on, like, an oil rig, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and her mechanics are, like, pretty straightforward. Sal, she just, you know, has two knives um in negotiations she just you know has like she can either use like aggressive tactics or like diplomatic tactics um 
And it's like fairly straightforward. And the, the narrative is just you're trying to get revenge on this person. Rook's campaign, which is the second, is he's like this ex-military spy who during the course of the campaign, you were working for both this union and um, these like this corporation, basically. Uh, and you're spying on both of them. And it's like never really made clear like who you're actually working for because you're actually working for like someone else. Um, and you're just sort of using those people to get into this weird magic like bog that has these weird ancient mm-hmm. secrets in it. Um, and you can sort of choose like who you will actually ally with or you can just abandon them both. Um, and um, his mechanics are like way more complex because like when you're fighting, you have basically these like lasers that build up charge over time that you can spend to do different things. Yeah. Um, and in negotiation, you have a coin that you can flip through this gamble mechanic to have different effects and you can get different coins that do different things. Um, and then when you get to Smith and it's like, like Sal's game starts with like, oh, you meet your, your old friend and she's going to help you get revenge on this person. Uh, Rook's game is you meet some like guard and he's just like, I don't think you're allowed to be in here and you have to like negotiate to get in. Smith's game starts with you being thrown out of your parents' funeral um after they were killed by a giant squid beaching itself and crushing them to death (laughs) and it's like the big alien from the end of watchmen yeah showed up and smith is basically (laughs) just like a a fail son like he's like the shitty son of this fan of this like powerful family who just drinks a lot and gambles and is just like a real piece of shit and um so your goal is basically to get your inheritance back um, because your your brothers and sister have like cut you out. Um, and his mechanics are like in combat, you use like a drink mechanic that gives you different effects, but also puts empty bottles in your deck. And then you can spend the empty bottles to just like bottle people or just like glass them over the top of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also has a thing where like a lot of his attacks hurt him, but like he gets health back at the end of his turn, depending on how much damage he's taken. And in negotiation, it's like he has like this thing called renown where he's just basically like bragging about how important he is. And like his campaign gets so fucking weird and like kind of gets into the whole like background of the world, Hmm. which I think is like really cool and like well realized and just like. It's like Star Wars if there were no Jedi and everything was really grungy and the whole thing took place on on Tatooine, but mm. it was like way more fucked up and like just unsettlingly weird. So yeah. that's a um, good pitch. Like that's a really, it's really good pitch. Really, really yeah. good. The other cool thing about that game is there is like the brawl mode where you can just do like the just straight up mechanics, like building decks and stuff, and that's really fun, although I again have to stop playing it. Yeah. But there's also a story mode for the campaign which um, makes the combat like a lot and the negotiation a lot easier because it is kind of hard. Like if you have never played one of these games before, um, you know, you'll probably lose on the first couple days or something. Uh, You do get buffs like that carry over as you continue to play. You get like bonuses that you can apply to different runs that make it easier. But like there is a story mode that you can just play through the story. And I would like really recommend that. it's like the best deck builder that I've played in a long time. Um, and, uh, I think it's maybe the best deck builder maybe I've Maybe ever, played. yeah. Um, I think a few things are going to hold it back from being like, you know, the game of the year for me. Um, the Switch port is really buggy 
Yeah, and I, was I ask think it's I think it's that. being updated. There were reports of people losing their saves, which is like inexcusable. Um, but for me, it's just like a lot of like there's like resolution issues, stuff gets cut off. There's typos. Um, there's certain things that just like don't work. It's mostly fine, but like that is something to be aware of. I think the Steam and Epic versions are like a lot more well polished. Um, and there's no like voice acting. I think if there were full voice acting it would like that would bring it closer to like a Hades for me. Um, yeah. It, there kind of is voice. There kind of is. Like There's like similar. Star Fox style. Yeah. Or like similar uh, style, like, yeah. which is kind of cute and I like it, but I think it probably won't break through in the same way as a game like Hades, um, which is a shame because I think it, it deserves to have that kind of regard, but we'll see. Um, play Grifflands. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I, there, there's not as much room in it for like the characters are like really cool and well realized and fun, but I just don't think that like those characters are going to hit like in fan art communities no, and yeah. stuff the same way that Hades did. There's no horny really in it. Um, <laughs> like not yet, not yet. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you're into. There's a big it does. frog guy. There, I mean, I love the character designs. I love like the the Kradeshi who are like this like people. Mm-hmm. Um. And there are, like, really interesting... There's really interesting background, because, like, of, like, why all these different races, like, exist on this planet. There yeah. is, like... It does explain that. Um, it's and, a really cool explanation. I think I talked about it on the previous episode. Oh, I don't know if you've even gotten the full picture yet, because... Oh, really? <laughs> you don't until the end of Smith's campaign. <laughs> yeah. So I, I won't ruin that for you, but, um, yeah. Um, should I... Should I just... It's dinosaurs. Oh, it's dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Oh, is this a prequel to the TV show Dinosaurs? Oh, shit. Yeah. So humans have it. That's what they didn't want. You know, it's a lot like Defiant, like that it's uh, not, sci-fi show. I will say it's not not like Dinosaurs. <laughs> See? Uh, what did I there, say? there are ways in which it is similar <laughs> to the ending of the TV show Dinosaurs. But uh, Stephen, um, what were you going to ask? I was just going to ask, like, should I just... At this point, I've put. Let me look at Steam. Actually, I've got it right here. Um, at this point, I have put um, twenty five hours into the Steam version alone, and I played a ton on Switch before I switched back over because the Switch port was kind of buggy. Yeah. Um, should, at this point, should I just like play through story difficulty on Smith? Just get like I, I get would, it. Like I get the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing I would say is if you're having a hard time with with this game, every character has like three different mechanics that they can use in combat and in negotiation, just pick one or two at the beginning of a run. Like with mm-hmm. Smith, just be like, I'm just going to focus on on empty bottles and on generating bottles and using those. Or like, I'm just going to focus on the trauma mechanic where you're like, you, you basically throw a huge hammer at your enemies. Uh, that makes it a lot easier. And also like, don't add, don't always add cards to your deck when you're given the chance. Because, mm-hmm. like, keeping your deck small in a game like this is really to your advantage because you know what's going to come up. Um, and so when I started doing things like that and just being like, wow, Smith has so many mechanics, just, like, just focus on, like, one or two. Don't worry about using all of them. Um, and then if you find a really good card but it doesn't fit with your deck, just, like, don't take it. Um, right. Or just play story difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I uh, I have been bouncing between a bunch of different games, like, I, I between, like, all the Shin Megami Tensei stuff, and I also started a new save of Fallout New Vegas uh, over yeah. the weekend. Um, and then I just, like, okay, I'm I, before I get too deeply invested in any of this stuff, I'm going to go back, I'm just going to knock out Griftlands. I've, I've yeah. beaten the other two campaigns, I'm ready to go, and then I had, like, three just 
god awful runs back to back um in the span mm. of like an hour and it's like nope i I'm, I'm done here and it's like i love this game i think it, i think it's fantastic but it was just like oh it was so defeating it can be really brutal when you get when you lose in a run where you just like think you're doing well yeah yeah totally um well nikki can you explain something to me Sure, what's up? What is Sphere Game? Because I saw you stream some of this <laughs> sure, the other day, sure. and I was like, what is this? It looks great. It looks awesome. It, like, I want to mm-hmm. play it. I want to tell my friends yeah. about it and protect it. But what is it? Absolutely. Have you heard... you know Mark Cerny? Uh, I'm familiar with him, yeah. The, you heard of him? The guy... Nax Dad. The guy who... Um, Nax Dad. Yeah, he also invented Marble Madness. You know that one? Yeah. Knack is basically just a collection of marbles. It's true. Knack is basically a collection of triangular marbles. Um, Someone whose name I've forgotten because uh, I don't love his work um, did go on the Xbox store and uh, said, I've got three cool EXEs that I'm going to upload. They're called Sphere Game 1, 2, and 3. Ted's cool. And they are just... Yeah, and they are just really bad Marble Madness clones. Now, wait, okay. aren't they more like Monkey Ball? Like, it, it is a both. marble, but it's like you're trying to navigate this maze or something? Or like, oh, yeah, you're off. trying to... Yeah. Oh, I guess I guess you're right. That is then... It is closer to Monkey Ball than Marble Madness. Um, But yeah, basically, you're this heavy, shitty non-responsive ball that you can't tell what it feels like or where it's going. It never stops. Um, the, the, the amount of momentum required to get it to move forward is inconsistent. Um, sometimes you kind of all of the things exactly. Most of the time the camera is fixed, so you can't see the perspective. Uh, you can't actually see where you're going. A lot of the times Mm. you have to come towards the camera, which is like a cardinal sin in these kinds of games because that's just like my friend crash bandicoot. It's just like crash bandicoot. You can't see where you're going. There are no curves on these maps. Every single turn is a 90 degree one, which means that if you are then going towards the camera to a 90 degree turn, Almost every single time what ends up happening is you roll off the edge because you're going too quickly to stop uh, going across. Everything in the game is just regular uh, geometry and materials from the Unreal Engine tutorial. Yeah, I was going to say this game looks like it was made in Bryce. Yeah. Um, And it's truly one of the worst things I've ever played. So I bought all three of them, of and I completed all of them online last mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. Now, what made you do this? Uh, I typed in demo into, we were preparing for, for E3 streams that were happening during the day last week, and I typed in demo, and I found, like, some demos for, like, some weird indie game, like, something called, like, Sable, which I probably mm-hmm. no one cares about. <laughs> um, and then uh, for, like, a little game called Tunic. Y'all heard of this? this is like a, a so lizard a or something. Foxy. Yeah, yeah Foxes. Zelda, like a, it's like a Zelda or something. Who cares? Nikki, and then I was, t- yeah? Today, this morning, I got an update on Steam 
for a demo that you told me to install the beginning of that day because, hey, we're going to play some of these these game demos. And then I was like, uh-huh. okay. And then I, the, wow, this cool, this, this game called The Rift Breaker looks really, really interesting. Sure, I'll, sure. I'll play this with Nikki or whatever. And then about, uh, and I still have that installed on my PC. Now, the day that this actually happened, you did um, just sort of tweet out without like telling anybody else. Yeah, uh, sure. I'm going to keep playing this game until I beat it. <laughs> yeah referring to the so, bad game that you say you hate returning to sphere game yeah so the thing about sphere game is that it came up fourth on the list after the good games sable and tunic or the, the uh, what i would assume will be good video games sable and tunic yeah, you don't know um and they they are five dollars and they present when you open them you spend the money and and uh bill gates takes your money it's pretty easy that part's easy but when you open the game you get a eula but not on the game level. It's a system level EULA. Yeah, uh-huh. And okay. I've never seen what? it before. And that EULA is like, hey, just so you know, if you play this game, the guy who made it will get all of this information. It's like your email address, your gamer tag, <laughs> your gamer score, your game history. Uh, you're like your wish list on the Xbox store. And I had never seen that Eula before. And, Microsoft and of course I was that. like, do you yeah, think maybe this like game is just a scam it. to collect personal information that you've sort of almost definitely. For? Yeah. Yeah. Like it mined Bitcoin off of my fucking computer <laughs> off of the oh Xbox God. while I was rolling this sphere. And now some dude has my social security number, but I did finish three games last week, and none of you can say that, so make you think. Well, <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, that's See? like saying I'm better at judo, you know? The bar is low. The bar is low, bar is low yeah. but it's been cleared. Hey, so. I, I taught myself how to mod video games that don't have Steam Workshop support, and that's like, oh shit. that's at least two and oh. a half games. That's, I think you could get a degree for that. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, I was minoring in it in college, but I decided yeah, it wasn't really just for like me. DeVry University has a course in modding Fallout 76 yeah. or Fallout New Vegas. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, it's, sponsor- it's sponsored by uh, Project Nexus or whatever mm. the fuck that Nexus. Ta- Todd mods. is just funding the next generation of uh, Fallout modders. <laughs> now, crucially, crucially, this is the thing I discovered uh, on Sunday as I spent the entire day learning how to mod this game and not break my computer. Uh, Todd really does not want you know how everybody says like all the Fallout games and Oblivions and the Skyrims are all way better with mods and like that's just the yeah. way to play it and that's why you should have it on PC uh, Todd disagrees Todd hates <laughs> when you mod the game he hates it so much because he makes it so hard I mean he hates do. when you use even like a console command like he's really you're destroying his intended experience right I'm not this is not the vision that Todd had for that big fucked up bear it's or like whatever. when you um, yeah. it's like when someone makes some food for you and you just immediately reach for like the salt or like hot sauce or whatever and it's like right. you're not even gonna like try it first you're not even gonna wow. try it first that's why Todd he's taking the um console command menu out of starfield it's just not going to be in there yeah wow. yeah yeah or no you unlock it after you beat the game because then you earn the right to do it right right he's like yeah, all right, right. Okay, you've experienced you've sort of, it as it was you've experienced intended. my intended experience i'll let you i'll let you add some some seasoning now can i read you the first 10 new mods on nexusmods.com i wish you for would which game for any game for any can, game, can i yeah. guess what they are yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to guess they are for Skyrim. 
and okay. uh, or at least one of them is for Skyrim, and it's definitely a sex thing. Okay. Okay. So I'm not sure if this hides because I'm not logged in. If this hides the not safe for work one, it, it does. Or okay. have to be logged in. It does have, do that. I've learned this over the weekend. You have to be logged in, and you have to go into your preferences after you've created an account. And Say, show uh, me those Argonian yabos. Show me those big okay. Argonads. You know, Argonads. Stupid. All right, so the safer-work ones are more growable plants, CH, for Skyrim. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Alid Crystal Saber, limited edition for Skyrim. Oh, wow, it's limited Agumon, edition? Yeah, it's limited edition. Agumon Dinosaur Replacer. Oh! Sardu Valley. <laughs> Wait, there's um, dinosaurs in Friday Sardu Valley? The, uh, unclear. Um, Friday the 13th, the game Jason Voorhees Part 9, Tyrant. Resident Evil 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Survival Anywhere, Blade and Sorcery. Shiny as fuck, Night City. Uh, Sorry? Cyberpunk 2077. Shiny, shiny? shiny as fuck, Night City. I think oh, it just cranks okay, the shiny reflective. as fuck, Night City. I heard shiny as yeah. fuck, Night City. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Shiny as fuck, Night City. Nice. Okay. Um, Night City, this you can one, become. You can be Uh-huh, exactly. Ah! Um, you can... This one's called Max Payne Sawed Off Shotgun Sounds. And I think what that does is that it just replaces the sound of the double barrel shotgun in Fallout 4 with the sound of the sawed off shotgun from Max Payne. Nice. Mm-hmm. Finally, gamers right. have been waiting on that. Yeah. This one, this one is called Data Greeting Plus, and it's for Kingdom Hearts 3. And it says it removes many of the restrictions in data greeting. Does anyone know what that means? I hate when data, data can't greet you properly. It's when data shows up and he doesn't really know what to like, say. My programming awkward. does not include greeting <laughs> right. options. And you remove the limiter There's, and he's um, just like, it's so good to see you. <laughs> this Hello. screenshot is of two Soras doing a Fortnite emote. Well, um, right. I see that. That's, I'm looking at this page as that's well. That's great. Um, Wait, no, that's that's the <laughs> announcement that Major League Baseball is playing on the moon. Yeah, Hold on. thanks for that. <laughs> They're wrong. Um, well, I'm so There's glad to know about all the mods that are happening out there yeah. in the world. Uh, but do we want to move on to uh, take some questions? No, no, no. All right. Well, do your own podcast. Uh, I'm back. Uh, I'm back for question time. I, I'm taking. I'm taking back control. Uh, welcome to question time. It's a segment where we take your questions and answer them. We'll return them like magic into wisdom. Nope, that's. I'm hearing that that's nope, a different show. That's um, oh, yeah. That's a different one that we don't do. But um, well, alchemy is science and magic is magic. You know. That's sure. Very true. That's true. Um, we take your questions and we throw them right in the fucking garbage. Is what we do with them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
got a couple questions this week. I don't know why this one is still in here because that was from last week. I did a bad job with these show notes. No, um, you're doing great. I don't actually think we got to the first one last week, so. I don't I am looking at this. the wrong parts of this. Oh, <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> Scroll down in the show notes. We have, uh, the first question comes from Body Politic. And if you want to ask a question, you can do that in the Fanbyte Discord, which you can join at fanbyte.casa. There's a podcast questions channel and just let us know what podcast your question is for. Body Politic asks, if you are a Pokemon gym leader, what would your gimmick or aesthetic be? Now, I may have told the story on the show before. Um, but I was once a Pokemon gym leader. It's my favorite merit story. Yeah, it's a great story. Um, at PAX West, about 10 years ago, I joined a group called the um, PAX Pokemon League. And what that group was, was a group of people who created like fictional gym leaders or just played ones from the game and dressed up and then created a themed team and got pins made as badges and basically you and you wore kind of like a scarf so that people would know you were part of the pax pokemon league damn and all weekend people could go up to you and challenge you and if they won uh they got your badge and if they got all of the badges they could challenge the elite four and it was one of the most fun things i've ever done at a convention it's awesome Uh uh-huh you just past merit sounds like the coolest person that ever lived. Well, this is the I can assure you thing. that I was not, um, but it was very fun <laughs> because so my theme was um, so I was a water gym, um, oh. but specifically I was like, there are a fuck lot of water Pokemon. So what's my theme going to be? And I was like, I'm going to be like a real snob, like fancy gym leader and only use water Pokemon that have like royal themes to them. Um, so I used like Jellicent, Slow King, um, Kingler, Suicune, uh, just like a bunch of Kingdra. Like, is this pre pre Marina? This is pre pre Marina. This was Black and White had just come out. Okay. Um, and uh, it was not a balanced team, but like it was really fun to build. You know, build one around that design challenge. Um, and the coolest part about it was that like. There were like a ton of kids at PAX and they, when they found out when they were like, wait, I can challenge you to get a, a badge. Like they just lost their fucking minds. And like, because it was kids, like, you know, I would either like not try that hard sometimes, or even if I won, I do like the anime thing of like, wow, well, you've shown like true love for your Pokemon. So I award you the noble badge. Um, oh, nice. And it was That's fucking like, cool. It was so much fun. <laughs> like, I kind of would love to do it again sometime if I had like the time to build up a team and everything. But um, yeah, it ruled. Um, so what about y'all? What what would your Pokemon gym leader be? I feel so shitty about mine now because mine is like literally like a stupid jokey answer that is the, like <laughs> precise opposite of your actually like super awesome answer. And I was just gonna say I'd be like a psychic or ghost type and just use a ton of debuffs uh-huh. so that like I would crush their spirits, crush oh, the kids' no. spirits. Um, so that even if they won, they'd feel like really shitty about it afterwards, <laughs> and they'd be like, uh, like, oh no, like, oh, why? Well, I didn't want to, like, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. You, by you just you, uh. like kill them, like in that episode where Ash fucking dies and hangs out with Gengar and Ghastly and stuff. 
What? Well, he's not actually yeah, that, dead. I think it's happens. kind of a frightener situation where he like is unconscious or something, but his like spirit is like hanging out with ghost Pokemon. Oh, that happened. I think. Yeah, I believe you. I'm just like I can't he's, believe like, that they were allowed to the show air. that on Fox for Kids. Yeah, they must have found some way to to tone it down. But um, Danielle. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to modify my answer just slightly just because of today and what I've played today. But my answer is just going to be like, I'll just be the gym. Like, I'm the gym okay. and I fight the Pokemon because I'll be, just be like, I'm an MMA gym and I'm going to fight the Pokemon. However, because I had so much fun uh, doing judo as Sonic in a Sonic outfit, I think I'm going to incorporate that into my answer. So I'm going to put on a Sonic outfit and then fight all the Pokemon. So, okay, so I was like, oh, so you're going to no. put on a Pokemon? No, you're just going to. Kind of I have a question, Sonic. Danielle. Make it Sonic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm 11 years old. <laughs> yes. An old man who lives in my town just gave me a small fire-breathing lizard. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm walking into the gym and there's no it's empty. Yeah. Except for you, a human person. Yep. And it's me, an 11-year-old with a lizard yep. that breathes fire. I command the lizard to <laughs> breathe fire at your body. What do you do? <laughs> Well, I would stop, drop, and roll, and then I would get this lizard into a rear naked choke. I tell the lizard to use the fire on its tail to hit you. What do you do? Well, then I would also stop, drop, You're and roll. You're on fire. Danielle grabs, the, grabs the lizard's tail and puts the fire out, and it dies. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus so, uh, it went to sleep. It, so went, it passed out. It went to sleep. Sort of yeah. a fighting gym in the most literal sense. I do think it is illegal in the Pokemon world for a, a person to hit a Pokemon. Um, well, yeah. see, I don't hit. I just do grappling. I choke. Okay. You know? I, Not if it's Sonic, I mean, though. you couldn't even dress up, like, as a Pokemon. You couldn't even dress up, like, as a Machoke or something. Yeah, like some oh, sort of Pokemania. Like, if what it's if, necessary, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, there, in the spirit of, of fun here, I'll, I'll dress okay. up as whatever pocket monster you want me to be here. So, yeah. Could has there ever been a Pokemon story in the anime where somebody just like, I'm just going to dress up like a Mr. Mime and then pull out a gun and just like win all these fights. <laughs> wow. The wow. No one's going to know, right? Yeah, there's def- They, You know what, Steven? They definitely did do that in the Pokemon anime. They definitely did okay. have someone use a gun to kill Pokemon. Nice. It's just like Pal World. They did it. It's um, just like Pal World. Huh. Uh, Nikki, what do you got? I think I would just, I, this is less a, Steven's idea has, has gotten me on to, well, what if I just made a gym of, of just items? Mm. Oh. Like all of the Pokemon are just things that exist. So it's just like, I got Klefki because it just got okay. keys. Okay. I got the sword and shield guy. Uh-huh. That wasn't from the video oh, game Pokemon yeah. sword and shield. Right. Um, I've got Muck because it's just, you, you it's just tea, waste. You can get the teapot one. Yeah, I get the teapot one. I could get the vanillish, the ice cream get guy. Like Rotom. Garb guy. Um, like a washing machine. Yeah, like I just want the I just want Pokemon that are items. That are just things. Like yeah. like household items. Yeah. Can Rotom? And it would be unbelievably easy to uh to defeat me. What's <laughs> up about Rotom? Can Rotom fight? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's also well, could your, Rotom- your But they've Pokedex subjugated him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like he used he used to be a guy like a pokemon guy and you would you found him and then you would go to this fucking abandoned house <laughs> that had the only instances of a refrigerator washing mm-hmm. machine and dishwasher in all of Sinnoh, i guess and then you had to like talk to the washing machine and the rotom would be like 
I remember. And then it would turn into a water type. Um, but then as time moved on, they subjugated and multiplied the Rotom. And now everybody's phone is just a Rotom. Yeah, they use it to power their phones. They turned yeah. Rotom into. I thought they. I thought Rotom just lived in my end gauge. I didn't realize that like they had split Rotom. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know how they did it because there was only one of them, huh? And now there's a lot of them, mm. and it's kind of unexplained how that. Like, I don't know if it's a Porygon situation they Rotom. where, yeah, they like they put the Rotom on a USB stick and then they just, just copied, copied and pasted them a bunch of time. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah totally. Um, but I don't, yeah, it's just kind of a lot of questions. I love Rotom. But I think you answered it. I love, yeah. it's just a doofy little Rotom's face. It's such a good, yeah. It's uh, he's just, he's just an elect- electric little, electric little elf. the washing machine one. It's really cute. Does he attack as a washing machine? Yeah. Is he, like the he uses yeah. hydro pump and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Rotom and fucking yeah, great Pokemon. It, so, yeah, there's there's heat Rotom where he's a convection oven. Mm-hmm. There's or if they were making it today, he would be an air fryer. Uh, <laughs> there's heat Rotom. There's wash Rotom, where he's a washing machine. There's frost Rotom. He's a refrigerator. There's fan Rotom. I don't know which one he's, he's that one is. Grass? And then there's Mo. Oh no, Mo I, is grass. Mo Rotom is grass, and then Fan Rotom is a fan. He's flying. flying I would yeah. assume. And Nikki, yeah. It sounds to me like your gym would actually be the deadliest one. It would just. Oh, probably. Yeah, it would actually. I've now. There are enough Rotoms I'm realizing to just have a Rotom gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, somebody would walk in and they wouldn't even realize it was a gym. And then suddenly, like, I guess yeah. I'll go to the fridge and get something to eat. Oh, no, I've been stabbed. No, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Rotom fucking rules. Goat. Real oh, goat. Fuck. Find they him in a trash can. They patched Rotom. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Oh, um, they, they reverse patched Rotom. In Gen 4... Rotom was always electric ghost, regardless. Oh, of Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's electric but dual types. Yeah, yeah. Now they've switched it. Which is anyway, because next he has question. Sorry for heat wave and stuff. Anyway, Pokemon. Um, Wario Tish asks. Uh, they've revealed almost nothing about the upcoming Mario animated movie. Who do you think could be cast in it? Do you think you'll have voice acting at all, or will it be an hour and a half of Charles Martinet going wahoo? I really like Steven's answer for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I think Steven really yeah, fucking hit us with it. it. I have written here that it'll be six people from the office or Parks and Rec I've never heard of, <laughs> and everyone else will be like, whoa, I can't believe Phil Drew Schmuckum is going to be charging <laughs> Chuck or whatever. What will that even sound like? You know? Um, Phil Drew Schmuckum. <laughs> Phil Drew Schmuckum, my favorite like actor from the office. He's in the horror movies now. It's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's so what fun. What is the weakness? Um, what is the weakness? And what it turns out, weakness? it turns out fireballs. Oh, oh, wow. this is because no, this is a serious answer as well, because this is what happens literally anytime they announce like a mm-hmm. live action adaptation of something that I'm familiar with is it's always like, who the fuck is playing this, this person? And it's like, Oh, name I've heard a uh, guest before, but never actually watched an episode of whatever this person is from. And I look up that person on Google and it's some like very thin, uh, 35 to 40 year old white man um who just looks like uh, like he wears a suit and tie like not even a suit and tie like a blue dress shirt and a tie on some show and they're like he's the voice of bowser now and i'm like okay 
Yeah. Like, it's what happened with Sonic. I mean. And it's what happened. Yeah. Who's the guy that looks like James Marsden? Like, they're going to mm. get Chris Pine to be Mario. Or, like, he's going to be Mario's partner. They're right. gonna they're gonna lose Luigi. Have a human partner for Mario. <laughs> Gotta have yeah. They're gonna sequel. lose Luigi in the real world. Like Bowser's gonna make a a a, a warp pipe that takes people to the real world. Luigi's gonna look go looking for Peach, and Luigi's okay. gonna get stuck in the tube. And then uh, Chris oh, Pine. Oh, Mario, help and, me! My my ass exactly. cheeks too big. I too thick. Exactly. So <laughs> kind of an inversion of the '90s Mario movie, in which they are yeah. normal plumbers who go to the Mushroom Kingdom. This would yeah. be Mario comes from the. See, yeah, I'm curious about this because I feel like um, no one has the guts to make a movie anymore where. It's just like, oh no, it's just about these this fantastical world. Like it yeah, has right. to be. Right people go into the movie world or the movie people go into the real world. Like right, you have like right, monster right. hunter um, doing that. You have like all, sonic movie doing that the wrong. They learned the wrong lessons from space jam. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so I don't think it's just going to be like straight up. Like Mario is on an adventure. Oh no. Bowser. No, like it's going no to way. have they, to have some kind of like weird yes. crossover thing. But but they have said that it is. I mean, Wreck It Ralph exists, so I guess they can also just have that be happening in a fully three D movie. But I think yeah. they've said it's a fully three D movie, right? Yeah, but I mean, it it could be fully three D, but still be like Mario yeah. goes to like New Donk City, and it's just like normal people walking around or whatever. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And like there will be sh- there will be some slightly put upon. Um, unhappy white guy who is like sick of his job, and he'll be played by <laughs> a very attractive action star from from movies, stretching his range uh, into the world of children's cinema. And he'll meet Mario, and Mario will teach him about having fun and finding joy in the little things in life, like plumbing and killing. Okay, but do you think Mario <laughs> will talk? No. I think he will because I don't think they're brave enough to make a movie where Mario just goes wow all wow. the time. Yeah. You don't think they're good? I think opening hmm, Nintendo opening the door to son or to Mario talking, I think is more of a commitment than Nintendo was but willing. But Mario to make. has talked before. Yeah, that like, door's open. I mean, yeah. not as much as Sonic, Does but he? like. Like no one, no one my age knows that Mario. Sure, talk. but all toasters toast toast. You know, um, that's that's true. what he says. Um, he he has enough lines in video games that I think the the like world of imagination teaches children. Like, oh, when he says "let's go," he he is using l- human means, language. Uh, the implication here, though, right, is that the it's going. Oh my fucking god. Chris Pine is gonna fucking get into the Ford F one fifty. Absolutely, that they're gonna, gonna drive that they're gonna drive through fucking New York City for some reason, <laughs> and then they're gonna uh, like he's gonna pull up at a streetlight, and then they're gonna see Bowser in a cart like drive down Broadway oh or some shit like across the street, <laughs> and then he's gonna see Mario like Mario's gonna run up alongside the truck. And then he's gonna hop into the into the Ford F one fifty with Chris Pine, and then Mario's gonna go, "Let's go!" And then like, ah. and, and then, then they're they, gonna like peel down the street. They're going to do a a very dated reference. I think if we're keeping with the highway theme, they're going to reenact like a shot from the Matrix Reloaded during the highway fight <laughs> in that movie. Now that would be, be cool, like, be Steven. Cool, though. 
That would be really cool. Totally. Uh, It'll be be the one good scene. Will Arnett is Mario, says Paul in the chat. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to happen. That's We've, oh, we've just now. laid the heaven to that into being. Da, 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 it's, going to, it's going to be that. Um, yeah. Charles Martinet, the, someone on here, or, or the, the, the Wario Touch does ask, is it just going to be Charles Martinet going wahoo? Uh, Charles Martinet will be in the movie. He will not play. He will not yeah, be Mario. He's going to be like a, yeah. a cameo. And everyone will be like, oh, was, yeah. be like what if he was Bowser? Man. Yeah, yeah, he's going to like make sandwiches in a bodega or something. Oh, yeah, that would be totally. Good. Totally. That would yes. Be good. There will be a five second scene in the movie where they talk to him. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's our fun or, reference to Charles Martin. Or, yeah, like, or let's go. Mario. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Mario will go into a, a realer world and then someone will be mm-hmm. playing a Mario game. And then yeah. Charles Martinet will be the voice of Mario in that game. And Mario will be like, right. And then Mario will look at it and just be like, it's uh, me. It's me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mario has an existential like, and, and then, Yeah, yeah. And then he, that's the, the low part of the game or whatever, or the movie where he's just like realizes that his whole life is a lie or something. Is like it's a, a buzz lightyear disease. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Damn. But then by the this end, he'll realize. It's not going to be as good as the one <laughs> No, it's, there's now. no way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a really, 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 truly upsettingly fucked up Mario movie. Wait, okay, hold on. If you're. I really am in in love now with this idea that Charles Martinet is going to be running the bodega yeah. that Mario and Chris Pine go into. Yeah, but it only I think it only works if you remove one line from Mario's lexicon and give it to Charles. Oh, Martinet. and then it's where he mm. learns As the it. only line he ha- exactly. Oh, uh-huh. yes. So like, which one? Oh. What is the line he's going to pick up from Chris Martinet? Because oh. it can't be, it's a me, because that would right. be weird as yeah. like a no. thing to just Why would he just say be saying no. that? It's, no, it, I'm, a, be- I'm a tired, because he's he's been working all day. Oh. Right. He's been working all day, all night. It's a 24-hour birthday. I feel like he's Mario tired. doesn't have any iconic lines like that. No. But like, uh, it's just, fine. let's go. It's me. I'm going to win. No, I think well, that's that, it, though. That's I think Wario. it's That's I think Wario, it's- Yeah. I think it's the second one that you said. Okay, I there's think it'll definitely be like- a post credit sequence where Mario is like coming back to like the cartoon world or whatever, but Wario has stolen his castle. Uh-oh. Oh. Super Mario Land 2, Uh-oh. Mario's golden coins. Wario is here now. Oh, shit. There will absolutely be like a post credit stinger where it's like some character from a non-traditional movie because they got Gino's gotta- back, baby. <laughs> Uh-huh. Honestly? Just Super Mario RPG the movie. Just do it. You won't. Wait, Steven, are you implying that they're gonna bring Ralph from Wreck It Ralph in? They're gonna open the they're gonna open the, the Mushroom Kingdom to another third franchise. There will be a friend no, cause because the, they gotta that'll happen. Yeah, I mean that will also you're right that they're they're like tying it into other franchises because you cannot just have Scott Benson, one of the writers on Night in the Woods was on was tweeting about the Hobbit franchise last night and about how the, all those movies basically just exist to wink and nod at other movies and that's just what movies kind of are now and there's going to be a scene where they're going through warp pipes um, they're running from Bowser or oh whoever and they're going to be popping through no. different warp pipes trying to chase him and oh, it'll be like oh I've, I've landed in I've landed in the underground zone. I've under I've landed in the in New York again. I've popped out of some guy's toilet, and there will be one where uh, he pops up and is behind like an action scene from Wreck It Ralph, and Ralph will turn around and be like, Bwah! and Mario will be like, "Oops, wrong world," and then he'll go back down. Oh, God. 
Or that's how the that's how they'll get Zelda and Metroid in. Yes, oh, yes, wow. like he'll pop he'll pop his head oh. out, and then Metroid is in the background fighting Metroid. The, it's it's, it's Link, Metroid fighting Link. The, he will pop up into a Super Smash Brothers stage. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh. oh wow! That wow. would be good. Actually, we've, we've successfully uh, created uh, Nintendo. Please call us. We've got lots of ideas <laughs> for your great film franchises. Um, we've learned from good. the failures of. Super Mario, the movie. What failures? Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> there were none. Uh, well, no, it didn't have enough Mojo Nixon in it. So there's yeah, there's going to be a lot more Mojo Nixon in this one. Um, and uh, uh, what's his name too? Lance Henriksen. Um, yep. Lot, Do they? A lot more of him. Sorry, I know we're we're moving towards rapidly, rapidly trying to find the escape hatch, uh, find the exit sign from the patient. The, 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 the warp pipe that leads us out. Warp pipe. Yes, yeah. that leads yeah. us away. Merritt is blowing. You, nobody can see this in the uh, Reiki with us, but Merritt has a warp whistle in her hand and is like attempting yeah. to blow it. And I keep getting in the way. Only dogs I was, can hear it, actually. No, it's it's also the elephant room, so it keeps getting like drowned out. I just missed. Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed it, Merritt. Um, hearing's not so good these days uh because i did want to say or ask rather do you think that they pull in an actor from an iconic actor obviously not bob hoskins who's no longer with us dressed in power bob it's hoskins, christopher lloyd from the live action mario movie christopher <laughs> lloyd. oh no i thought you were going to say we're going to find an old white guy actor oh. that everyone knows and loves <laughs> That is in the same vein as a Bob Hoskins. No, they can afford better than Christopher Lloyd. I love Christopher Lloyd, but they will they will go like Anthony Hopkins or something. No, I mean, but what if we are just going to bring back John Leguizamo? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Oh, what if the the warp pipe montage opens up so many possibilities? Could they because they could just like have him warp pipe into live action New York City like a SpongeBob Mm -hmm. episode, and John Leguizamo is just old Luigi. Yeah. Yeah, like, huh? You know, Maybe we create the set for the super show. Ask what, Danielle? I was gonna say they always ask if they could, but they never stop to ask if they should. They're gonna have yeah. um, uh, a hologram of Dennis Hopper uh, show Whoa. up. As Dennis Hopler Graham. Dennis Hopler Graham. Oh. oh no, wait! I mean, uh, Fisher Stevens is still around. You could get Fisher, Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens is still around. Yeah. Um, uh. Or um, playing his character from Hackers, weirdly Rich, enough. Richard Edson. Wow. Richard Edson could be in it, too. Fiona Shaw. Um, pretty much everyone yeah. except Dennis Hopper and Bob Hoskins, who were in that movie, are still with us. So <laughs> Everyone except for the, kind of the two key characters of that movie. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And how important is Mario to Mario, you know? Isn't the player the most important character in Mario's story? Oh, oh wow, that's so that's true. That's real. That's real. That is so true. Um well, uh the movie is supposed to come out in 2022, so I guess we'll find out soon. Uh There's plenty of time uh, for them to take our script to It's by the Minions people, so you know, they made him. Hey, listen, oh. listen, if anyone can make a movie about a character who doesn't talk and just sort of says the same three stock phrases over and over, it's them. That's true. Right. Yep. So, like, I think it's in good hands. We wish them the best. And, um, Bob, we miss you. Dennis, we miss you. And um, that's going to do it. Dennis Hopper was dead. Oh, yeah. He's been dead for like a decade. Oh. Yeah. So. Uh, she will blue velvet. Mm-hmm. 
kind of you know wanted to wanted to send him off you know yeah it's sort of a a a belated um eulogy for dennis (laughs) 10 years um (laughs) fanbite has not yet eulogized dennis hopper and i think i want to rectify that you've sort of highlighted an exciting opportunity for us um and i've also got an exciting opportunity for us which is finishing this podcast so uh thank you all for listening to our show we really appreciate it and please tell your friends and and or and just and uh rate and review us on itunes or whatever platform you use apple seems to help the most um yeah we don't uh we still don't really do a lot of advertising for the show so word of mouth is basically how we spread um so like the fungus like the fungus trust it Mm. trust the fungus baby um and uh if you want to follow us online we are at fanbyte media on twitter fanbyte.com is of course the website steven is at steven strom danielle is at danielle ri nikki is at god siwa i am at merit k our uh our producer paul is at Polly mayo um our other producer jordan is at jordan underscore mallory and um i think that's gonna do it for us so um yeah uh until next time is that the elephant calling us that's the goodbye? elephant that's the elephant the elephant song is playing skinna rinky dinky dink skinna rinky do i love you until next time trust the fungus and keep that dial tuned to channel out